0: Hello, my name is Miller Pike. I'm a producer and creator located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and you're once again joining me on AP Studio Files. AP Studio Files. If you're joining us for the first time, please check out the wonderful artists we've already interviewed on our first two seasons with featured artists such as our fantastic technical producer, Artie Kapishki. If you're an old time listener, welcome back. Excited to introduce you to season three, episode two. Give us a follow at AP Studio BK on Instagram and TikTok for more updates regarding on how to attend our monthly apartment party or on how to become a featured artist either on the podcast or at apartment party. Please check out our new mini episodes on Patreon. Just these few dollars can really help us out. So please give it a listen. Ma'at joined us in the studio today to discuss her life balancing music and a full-time career. East Flatbush native, she has always had music in her veins, picking up saxophone, clarinet, violin, and drums at a young age. Beat making became more of a serious passion post-college, and she dreams of making a catalog of music that celebrates and embraces her voice as a queer black woman. Her EP is releasing this fall or winter, so be on the lookout. Welcome into the studio today Maat. Thank you. Happy I, to be here. I'm so happy to have you. After my kind of more formal intro could you introduce yourself to the audience in your own world? Sure. So my name is Maat
1: and I'm a producer, rapper, musical artist and born in Brooklyn, raised Woo. in Brooklyn, still based in Brooklyn. Woo. Probably time to leave but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't producing music making music for about five six years now but music has been always part of my life but more intentionally more recently i've been working with different artists i'm working on my own like singles working on my own album Woo. and yeah performing more recently after being locked down which has been really great this year that's actually how i think i've been able to like get more collabs meet more people just like yeah by performing in bushwick star bar um, shout out Starbar. Shout out Starbar. <laughs> I really love Starbar. I mean, I
0: feel like I have weirdly had so many connections to Starbar, like through, well, obviously through Carrie. Mm-hmm. Shout out Carrie Blue. My aunt and I met at one of Carrie's panels over Empire State Music and Arts Festival, yes. which was so well done so
1: amazing that's star is exactly how i met carrie it's how i met a bunch of folks actually and it's like a very great eclectic mix of people (laughs) so i i try to make it there on mondays when i can
0: yeah it's a good crew is it back to every mondays now it's been every mondays
1: okay yeah every monday i miss like the last two mondays but i need to i need to get back out there yeah so i don't get rusty
0: (laughs) i think it's a yeah it's a good kind of exercise yeah for sure in conversation in connection in i'm sure your work and art as well kind of like playing with are you playing with new stuff often when you're there i i would say more recently yes i That's feel exciting. like when i first started going to Starbar, bar i was more like
1: all right like I need exposure. I need to get my stuff out there. And then like, as I started going more consistently, it's more like, I want to see how the crowd reacts. Like right. it's a pretty good crowd usually. And like, so I'm like more inclined to like try out unreleased shit. Like yes. when I go there. Um, try, out the I have try out the weird shit. Try out the weird shit. That's and like, there's so much weird shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is perfect. That's awesome. Um, I actually think of, like, I think I want to do, I get spooked out of doing it all the time, but like I love making beats like beats is my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, just go and like play some beats, see how people vibe out. But I always get scared about doing that. Cause I'm like, will that be an engaging Make performance? Him. Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to fucking play a beat or two. And you know, I just saw Kei Trinata a couple, like maybe last week. And he, that's all he does. He yeah. just plays his shit and vibes out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, just feel yourself and like you know maybe people feel it too. So that's that inspired. I do. Yeah. I
0: love to see. I was recently working on a big show at the the Armory show at the Javits Center and it was just so inspiring being around so much new work like really yeah. new shit like everything was made in the last two years like when do you see a collection of work like representing over 600 artists from all over the world and yeah. it was like new fucking shit yeah and it was weird some of it was weird <laughs> i think we're, we're That's the best shit. we're That's the unwell best shit. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like but in the best way yeah, yeah you know absolutely. in the way that i want to see <laughs> So, kind of getting back into your life specifically and i know you said this in the questionnaire that i sent out and also just now in your own little intro that music has been a part of your life forever yeah and do you have a first impression of music or were the adults in your life playing music to a point that it inspired you or did it just naturally occur with you getting into like band and stuff like that well
1: i will say both of my parents are music heads like, awesome both of my parents love music all different types of music so there's always music playing in the car always music playing in the house so it's always been like even I do that now as an adult like yeah. there's always music on so I feel like that's a big influence but what really got me into making music like when I was really young maybe like just starting school five six like I started playing the African drum. Like that was the first instrument I played, so percussion.
0: The djembe is an hourglass or goblet-shaped African drum. It was created by the Mandinki tribe in what is now Mali around the 12th century. It has been played by West Africans in Mali, Guinea, Senegal, Burkina Faso, Niger, and neighboring countries for hundreds of years. Djembes are traditionally made from a single piece of hardwood from the Lange tree with shaved goatskin stretched tight over the steel hoop on top. A second steel hoop with rope is used to tighten the top and tune the drum. Goat skin was used because it was thinner than calf or antelope, and so was able to make higher pitch tones when struck near the edge. What a cool, like, full circle to what you're doing now. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. I think so too, because, like, it
1: was a really small school, private, like, an independent school mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And, like, they kind of had these, I don't even know how to explain it, like, very homegrown type of courses yeah was it and like
0: montessori based or kind, kind of okay yeah
1: and one of those course courses like a guy who did performances around the city mostly based in like african types of music styles mm-hmm. and they had him come in and do a class and so i learned the african drum and like that basis of music is like you have to hear everything And so i feel like it kind of laid the ground for me to like really get into other instruments and then i started to do band middle school high school i was like i'm not gonna do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> i was like ooh, the cool kids aren't doing band which like in retrospect like i mean you know no regrets but i think i just try to run so far away from music mm, at a funny. certain point in my life and then it came back with a vengeance like i was like i can't cannot do this. Yeah. But I would say just playing the drum and having parents who like just love music, love dancing, like that's just always been something that's a part of me.
0: What's some of the top like I know for my family, my dad's like really into the Moody Blues. Mm-hmm. And so like that was something that I can hear that and just like always kind of see my parents like dancing or something. What was something like that with I know I'm I'm putting you on the spot. No, this <laughs> is good. This is good. I haven't thought about this in a minute, but
1: my mom loved, or she had a phase of, like, Celine Dion.
0: Yes! Which,
1: honestly, is fire. Like, Celine's fire. Like she has
0: some fucking lungs on her, good, man. good vocals.
1: Yeah. Like very great lyrics. My dad, he's a very funky kind of music guy, so he did, like, a lot of Earth, Wind & Fire. He loved Kiss FM. I don't know. You didn't grow up here, right? No, but I didn't. Kiss but Kiss FM had a lot of, uh, at the time, I was like, oh, people music, but that's just not what it is. It's just, like, good jams that are, like, Funky, disco, mm-hmm. had some like good original R&B, not like the R&B you think of today. Right. And so that was like always what was on in the car with my dad. Isley Brothers. Yes. Um, <laughs> shit. Like... <laughs> shit now everything's escaping no 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 me, that Name, kind of names music are, yeah, yeah no
0: totally I feel like <laughs> maybe I'm getting older and nostalgic <laughs> but like going back to that music can be really cathartic it can mm-hmm. be like a good reset if I'm like I mean creating music hasn't been my passion as of recent but like going back to that can be a good reset or going back to work that inspires you yeah. or or just puts you in that kind of like home place yes and it's like comfortable, comfortable. it's like it's no pressure it's mm-hmm.
1: just like I know this because like this is fire. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: also there's, I don't know about you, but like, there's a certain era of my life that if I listen to music from that, I know it a hundred percent. My brain was a steel trap. And I just like, how do I fucking know every word to this?
1: (laughs) Yes. That's how I feel too. My mom loved, um, Lauryn Hill as well. So I know so much Lauryn Hill music and Mm -hmm. like Fuji's like I feel like they had a lot of different phases, you know, in their own music. So we got a lot of different music growing up.
0: That's awesome. And so in like middle school, you're playing clarinet, saxophone, violin, drums. Mm -hmm. Sounds like jack of all trades, sort of. Yeah, I like to try. I was like, I want to try that. yeah let me try that he's doing that i'm doing that like i was just
1: like i didn't want to ever stay in one thing which was if anybody was ever in band that's kind of like what they push you to do like get good at one instrument like woodwinds or like get good at strings or percussion yeah Um, that was actually no you're like i want to know every
0: (laughs) that was actually going to be my next comment is like impressive that you were able to jump strings wind and percussion like very cool i mean i can't really access much of that now like Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of that manifests like
1: you know on the programs that i used to produce music, but I feel like the actual theory or the actual process of learning those instruments has really I think just helped me be open to how I produce music now. Mm-hmm. And I will say like probably my favorite was the saxophone. Like when I the saxophone fire.
0: Yeah. But like cool. it's also just like a cool person. yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> Like never has anyone been like playing a sax and they're like that guy cannot fuck. Like you do, right? <laughs> Like you just got something. Yeah, yeah, you have like a sparkle. For sure, That's hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh. That's really cool. I mean, that's young too. And I see like you were talking a little bit about on the questionnaire about like starting to write poetry. And so I know you say that you got away from music a lot mm-hmm. in like high school and college, Yeah, I guess. First, I just wanted to kind of hear your experience with like leaving New York and being in Boston yeah. and going to school. What was that like? Sure. I mean, I knew... That I didn't want to go to school here.
1: Interesting. I loved I loved growing up here, but I'm like, if I love it so much, this is the opportunity for me to get go away somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Word. And so I wanted to go to still, you know, a city, mm-hmm. a metropolitan area, if you will. When I went to Boston, I liked it, and I mean, it's different. Like, it's different from here. It's smaller. It's I feel like the culture of this city. It feels. It feels like more. <sighs> intimate maybe that's not the word like it just mm. feels like here in new york you can have your niche things that you do and right. like you know there's people who that, will who like will come exactly, and enjoy yeah exactly and i feel like in boston there's like a core type of this is what we do this is where we go mm. red Sox, right right, Celtics. right. <laughs> and not that that's not fun but for me i was like okay like, all right, what's next? You right. know, I'm, I'm kind of looking for the next thing. And for me, it was like just a little chiller that, than I was used to. So it was a great experience. I feel like I met so many cool people. Some of my best friends still live in Boston. like, And so I go back and my partner's from Boston too. So oh, I go back often. Cool. And I've even appreciated it more now that I'm like... Don't live there right I'm like oh the slower ish pace was nice just like i mean new england is beautiful yeah like and you can get
0: right out of boston exactly. and be like in stunning yes exactly parts of the country
1: but for me i mean being away wasn't like i for high school i went to a boarding school oh wow. so i've been away since i was 14 like i've oh, been used damn. to kind of going back and forth um since i was a teenager so i it, it was kind of just like continuing that like, all right, here I'm going to school, coming right. back. But I think it made me more proud of being from here mm-hmm. and like, just like making sure I always kind of like, you know, rep Brooklyn where I can. Yeah. But I think it was nice to go. Like it's the, probably the city I know the best outside
0: of New York. Yeah. Yeah. So you go back to visit pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. Every
1: few months probably.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. I mean, it's quick to get over there. My brother, when I was first living here, my brother was going to Berklee College of Music, which was a very intense (laughs) experience for him. But, and I think because of that, when I went to visit, he didn't necessarily know the city that well because Mm -hmm. his whole experience was being in this like very intense music program. So I feel like I've never really experienced Boston.
1: Yeah. I mean, at Boston College too, like Boston College is not easy even in Boston right so it was one of those things where you had to similar to your brother like mm-hmm. you had to force yourself out of this bubble and i was like yeah i, I need to see i see i need to see what, what else is up and so just having to explore the city because i had to yeah i couldn't just stay, i couldn't
0: stay on campus i'll get antsy <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> were you and so you were kind of completely away from music at this point though yeah i yeah, was interesting i, I was, was gonna was. ask like, did you gig in boston but not i guess not
1: at all that's the thing like not at all which is so crazy to me because like i can't imagine not doing this right now mm. but like when i was in austin like i had a couple friends that would do music and that was kind of like they like be freestyling in like their little closet studio and like like you want to freestyle i'm like yeah sure like (laughs) i'll do it once or twice but that was literally all like all my interaction with music there were bands on campus there was a Mm -hmm. pretty cool music scene but it's not something i ever tapped into um yeah I don't really know why I might have to talk to my therapist about that one, but
0: <laughs> like, well, sometimes you need to walk away from stuff to find it. Yes. So, I mean, yes. I know I'm from Texas originally. I went to Seattle for school or, you know, like Washington. So, you know, Big jump out of Texas, but I came back to Texas and I loved it. It's home, but I definitely feel that kind of like push and pull of creative forces. So I guess kind of going forward, you've been at this boarding school, which I wanted to touch on again. So where was that? So I went what to, was the decision there? I went to school in New Jersey. In oh a, shit, a,
1: <laughs> Jersey. I love I love Jersey. New York people be hating on Jersey, but I love Jersey. My boyfriend's from
0: New Jersey, <laughs> so he'll love to hear this. He'll be like, yes. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> um, so it wasn't too too far. It was like two yeah. hours at the most, door to door on like a bus. I went to this school called Petty, and it's like a small boarding school in town which is near Princeton. Okay, and I was exposed to this because I went through this program here in the city called Prep for Prep. Okay, and have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a I feel like for those who don't bus, know, or... it's like yeah, yeah. Th- there's definitely some advertising for those who don't know. It's basically like a academic leadership development program for low income kids typically of color mm-hmm. and it's like new york city based so you like kind of test into this program when you're when you're pretty young honestly like yeah like there's middle like, schools yeah That's middle school tough. is even the is like the last time you can test into wow. it so you can test into i think like third grade or fourth grade even but the whole premise of the program is to prepare you prep for prep prepare mm-hmm. you for like a preparatory school or prepare you for an independent school so that academically you can transition from public school to Uh, an independent school
0: prep for prep was started by a public school teacher gary simmons in 1978 while working at ps 140 an elementary school in the bronx he saw gifted students being given work well below their ability level he realized that new york was full of smart kids who weren't being challenged and he wanted to help he got funding from columbia and trinity to start the program and to this day it still gets no public funding It isn't a scholarship program, but many of the students receive scholarships from other sources. PrEP accepts 200 kids of color every year from the 1 million students in the New York public school system. They take classes after school and over the summers, are offered personal, academic, and psychological support, and have access to family emergency fund and peer mentorship. PrEP has been criticized for obscuring the inequality in New York schools, which are still some of the most segregated in the country.
1: And so that's my mom, my parents really, but my mom's really like the academic like. She's pushing. She's a pusher. Yeah, I love Um, it. I love it. Shout out Donna. (laughs) Um, she's hot Donna. Hot hot Donna. Donna. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she had us. I have four siblings. She always had us like doing all types of programs extracurriculars and extracurriculars all this Hell shit yeah. so i'm not i'm not even knowing what i'm applying for at this point <laughs> but i get in you're like, sign on the drive right line. exactly she's like Dawn we're going to coming. take this test and i'm like okay fine um but i get in and then i actually realize what's going on which is basically like i'm having to go to school on like after school i'm having to go to school on saturday so i'm like really intense in this program but the reason for it is so that once you get to these schools you're not like Oh my God. Blown back. Blown back. Yeah. Um, So I do appreciate it. In retrospect, it's just like really difficult, honestly, growing up. But I went through Prep for Prep and Prep for Prep basically works with a consortium of boarding schools in New England, in New Jersey. And basically will have this group of, let's say 50, 60 kids in a class. Okay. um, And everyone gets placed in a school. Wow. um, And they help you with like applying to these schools, taking the whatever test you had to take to get into like the standardized Place, test, yeah, I forget what it was. Test. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I found myself in boarding school. Like, it was never something I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. You know, I only yeah. really, really was exposed to that from like literally Zoe 101. Like, yeah. literally PCA. So I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be PCA. Like, but it was not like that. But it was a good experience for the most part. I think coming from, Brooklyn, coming from East Flatbush, like that's not the I wasn't the type of kid that was predominantly there. It was like mostly affluent white kids who grew up in Jersey, who are from Jersey, kind of knew each other. I was gonna say that area exactly rich. Yes, definitely, and have been in school together, and so I felt like it was a bit of a culture shock for me. And then I'm you know always coming back and forth, and I feel like I'm this person at home, and people like, oh, you're the girl that goes to boarding school, and then I go to boarding school, and like, oh, you're the girl from Brooklyn. So it's always like playing these worlds like a lot. Yeah. But what? like I have my best friends. My best friends are from are from Petty or from high school.
0: The Petty School has approximately 530 students from 19 different states and 22 different countries. 37% of their students are there on scholarships and 49% of the school are students of color. Their classes have 12 students on average about a third of those in New York public schools. Class sizes are currently capped at 34 and are supposed to be reduced to 25 over the next five years. The campus is eight miles from Princeton, New Jersey and has a pool and a golf course.
1: And coincidentally, I'm actually going back next week. One of my best friends, she's the director of DEI at the school now, which is great because they didn't have that position like while I was there, but they're doing like this this day where they bring in people to do workshops. Oh so my I'm God! So I'm doing this like, music-themed workshop. What yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like nervous, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm, they're gonna I'm gonna think think you're so excited. Cool. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you.
0: That's so um, awesome. But yeah,
1: like I feel like there were some tough aspects about that experience, but I wouldn't trade
0: it. At yeah. All. I'm sure it was like a lot of like the code switching mm-hmm. kind of stuff that you were experiencing yes, too. Yes, definitely. I, I mean, I
1: still like that's something I literally have to like try not to do. Yeah. Like in my everyday life today mm-hmm. because I feel like it's, it was so ingrained in me. Like, since
0: in white spaces versus like black spaces or or just home versus away exactly yeah 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 that's tough what a cool full circle experience to be able to go back yeah i haven't been been back in a minute so that's great that's great and still close which is nice yeah so you're in college and you've made i guess a pretty drastically non-musical decision in your um degree Mm -hmm. can you speak to kind of the decisions or the process that that took yeah to make those decisions
1: um I would say like because of this program honestly prep for prep not only did they help with like getting into like independent schools but they're very like these are the types of careers you can have like even Mm. before college and so I felt like I got a lot of guidance in terms of what might be good to major in not saying that like I made a mistake but like I felt like these are the majors I need to do yeah in order for me to like make money make money have this job get this salary like make my parents proud you know like that's kind of where my head was at for a long time mm. like just kind of tunnel vision into like i need to graduate with this degree this is what it's gonna be. i mean i thought i was gonna be a a, a traitor i don't know <laughs> where the fuck that came from <laughs> because what the fuck like, I'm not, like that is a world Noth- nothing to be against in. traders, but like that's not that's real that's not really who i am that's right. just who i thought i should be mm-hmm. because that are you the firstborn I'm not the first,
0: but I'm the okay. second. Okay. I'm the second. But so you did have something to prove.
1: I, I had, I had some, I had, I had a little chip on my shoulder. <laughs> I still do. I still do. What's up, Ayana? That's my <laughs> older sister. But that's kind of where my head was at with yeah. those, with that. I was like, I need to choose the right
0: thing to set me up for success. And, and it sounds and, like that was kind of modeled for you as well. Like your yeah. parents were like, the hot Donna was making decisions, oh, making work happen. For
1: sure. I even had this moment, my junior's, spring was it yeah it was like my junior spring i'm like more than halfway done with college and i'm like mom i don't know about this finance degree and she's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> she's she's basically she's like, like yeah she's like she's like okay so how many she broke it down like this she's a very practical woman mm-hmm. she was like so how many credits do you have left to like get this you know finish your finance program and i'm like oh, i think it's like a this point like two or three oh. she's like do it do
0: it so yeah I I'm, like, oh, I'm with hot on this yeah. one, <laughs> and i was like oh you're you're not wrong
1: about that <laughs> i'm like okay i'll do it and then she was even like she supports me so much like i love her she's even like even if this is not what you want to do like going forward like finish it like don't yeah. quit and i'm happy i did i'm happy i did just because like i don't want to quit right you know i didn't want to quit but i knew i knew something to feel right And so that's big. Yeah, like and and when I left school, like I had so much more free time to kind of just sit in that and really trying to think about like, so what do you want to do? And I just been writing, like I've just been writing the whole time. Like I've been writing, and it's just been like stuff that I have in my journal or like stuff in my notes. and, And like then I really was like, oh, this is what I do when I don't have any thing else to do (laughs) is
0: it creative writing or is it personal writing or is it a mix of both
1: i would say it's more so it was more like poetry and just like early lyrics but Mm -hmm. i didn't know there were lyrics at the time you know what i mean and it was just kind of like words that i thought were really beautiful or things that i thought really felt great to express but i didn't really know how to direct it or how to channel it until my boy sam like my friends who isn't freestyle in the closet like um <laughs> shout out boston College. shout out shout out my boy babo um he like had a little small studio set up in his place when he lived out in washington heights and like he would invite me sometimes and i'll just hang out watch him do his thing you know he used to produce and, and kind of just like hop on tracks and stuff and one day i was like can i show you something i wrote yeah and like that was that was like the beginning of everything exactly i was nervous i was so nervous it was the first time i ever rapped Mm. or like actually like said lyrics out loud like i would perform some poetry sometimes in college like probably twice or three times not nothing crazy but that was huge for me because
0: it was taking it to like that next Exactly, putting it
1: out in the world, and once it was out in the world, I was like, okay, how do you feel about that? And I was like, I love that. Ooh. I love that. So that was really cool. That was like probably three months after I graduated. At that point, I was like, oh, I've not done this before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Especially after like you know just working your ass off, I'm sure for a degree. But it sounds like you're still working in that field at least somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still I still work with numbers.
1: I'm very I'm a Capricorn head ass. So like. <sighs> I love like, Capricorn. I can't not. Like, <laughs> I love numbers. It, it just is what it is. But I don't necessarily work in finance. I've been working in data and analytics since I've graduated, which I enjoy. Yeah. I pretty much enjoy. Um, I don't enjoy the working part of it.
0: But it's like, it's compartmentalized it's, for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, I'm sure that was kind of going to be like one of my next questions is like, you're very clearly balanced like right brain to left brain which is so cool and such a strength i mean honestly like so jealous of (laughs) of that like how has financial stability with this like full-time job helped slash hindered your musical career Ooh, that's a good question miller (laughs) Uh, because we'll talk to the therapist about it hey (laughs) uh, anybody got one please i need one but
1: that's something i've been thinking quite a lot about because yeah. i like i mentioned like for a long time i've been so tunnel vision like financial stability is like one of the cr- capricorn like, <laughs> capricorn <laughs> shit ever and like growing up like you know my parents had a lot of five children you know and right. supporting five children and so like we always had everything we needed for sure shout out to my parents but like that's you know we, we didn't have a lot and mm-hmm. for me i was like i want to be like so well off That my kids Don't have a worry Like That was kind of One of my big motivations And yeah. like Not saying that That's bad But like I think it It made me like Really lean into That left brain
0: Capitalism is rewarded Absolutely. I mean like If you can work within it And you know It is
1: rewarded Yes That mindset Exactly And I feel like Especially in my Corporate career My data and analytics career Like I mean I'm gonna Pat myself on the back I feel like I've been crushing it You know what I mean Like yeah. I've been killing it and that really, 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 um, I think comes to a, a interesting like tension with my music because mm-hmm. like I think pursuing music full time is what I want. And then I think about this paycheck that comes every two weeks, that yeah. pays my bills, that I can buy sneakers. I love sneakers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love sneakers gotta, so much. Gotta have the, I gotta have, have the, the sneakers. sneakers. <laughs> like
1: I, you know, like all these things that I romantic I mean, materialistic things, to be honest, I romanticize growing up. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm in a place where I feel like I can not only be able to indulge a little bit, but like, I want to leave something for my children. Like mm-hmm. I want to build wealth. I want to own property. And like, I see a path there with like the work that I do like on the nine to five, but that's not where my heart is at. It's not where my passion's at. Like, right. and That becomes louder and louder and louder and louder. And it's been getting so loud, honestly, because I feel like I've been getting really good at what I do in terms of my music. And I'm like, but damn, the paycheck doesn't look like that yet. Yet. You know what I mean? So,
0: there's, I mean, there's a lot of places you can go for a paycheck within music. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just harder to get to those places without, you know, a benefactor. <laughs> Hello, yes, investor. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this this is like a constant theme for the podcast in general. It's like, where's the fucking
1: money? Where's, where's the, the money? money in and it's like where's in the consistency too is mm-hmm. is one of the things. I'm like, yeah. okay. Like I'm I've built this routine in my life where I'm like, okay. I've I've had I've been blessed to be on certain projects, um music projects mm-hmm. where I think I've been compensated really well or like like I'm like, yeah, like if I can do this next month damn like we're in it but like it's I mean you probably know like oh yeah very well like it's it's hot and cold or it's like it's spicy it's hot it's sizzling and then it's frozen yep you know and and gig life is woof it's it's tough and that's that's where that left brain capricorn is like girl so what so what's
0: up <laughs> you know like yeah it's really like, good. can you balance both until the music career tips the financial scale basically that's what my my logic tells me but
1: really i i feel like deep down in my heart like i need to bet on myself like right. i need to bet on myself because i can't continue like if i took all the hours in the day i give to someone else's company and i put it into myself i feel like I feel like that's what I need to do and mm-hmm. it's a slow process for my mind to get there
0: like but that's where my heart is I think. Right. Um some yeah. yeah the 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 brain is is harder I feel like when you work a little bit like I think I at my natural core am like you mm-hmm. in that I would like I crave stability and those sort of things um but I have I think since moving to New York and working gig life for so long, I have like a feast or famine yep. sort of thing going mm-hmm. on, and um, and and I was literally just talking to my brother about this, kind of just having to like live in that. It's a low grade anxiety, so if you're like, but if it's worth the passion, you know, like it's, but it's fucking hard, and it's I don't so think hard. anyone else can make the decision for you. No, and
1: that what you said about like that anxiety is like that's it's that's really that's really what it is. Like, that's really what it is of like, Oh my gosh, like, am I going to give up this, this stability that I've worked so hard for to chase something else? But like, that something else is like literally so important to me.
0: Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's, it kind of, I was, I was, I wanted to get kind of into how like music specifically feels, forms, works for you like in your head um and and sort of hear uh, i guess what your artistic process is like is it beat first is it mm. you know so when you're actually like in the groove in your do you have a home studio I or do. that's awesome I do. <laughs> yeah um so when i'm in the groove my
1: pro- i love the process that's my favorite part of making music yeah. is like taking it apart yeah taking it apart putting it together tinkering like finding that perfect groove like that's that's like the best part for me but um I when I first started producing making my own music like I realized <laughs> in my numbers brain how I could not afford to go to the studio like mm. the way that I wanted to work on music and so I started to invest in my own stuff and that's really why I started to bring um I mean build my home studio um is because I'm like this is cheaper <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Just slowly like get the nice speakers exactly. or get the, the
1: MIDI or whatever it, it is. Like yeah. in in the long run, I'm like, this is, wow, this is more, um, economic, but that allowed me to kind of work in my own time. Sometimes I'm like, I work really early in the morning. Sometimes I work really late at night. Sometimes I work in the middle of the workday.
0: <laughs> but we won't <laughs> tell big, 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 big brother. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, always watching, but like for me, the, it's usually the beat, like, i i can i can make a beat right now i can make a beat at the end of. The, i can I, I feel like i'm so confident in my actual beat making skills that like that comes to me pretty easy um that's
0: bank that's such a good blanket yeah just to be like i can walk in i feel like that is a a, a one of those like ground level skills like mm-hmm. if you can walk in and you can feel comfortable
1: yes anywhere and that's I mean, huge. it's taken me a, a definitely a journey to get there. I'm sure. A lot of, I feel like, just kind of like honing in and focusing. Um, but like when like lyrics, co- lyrics come f- not few and far between, but it's not the same process. Like mm. there'll be certain beats that I'll make and immediately something comes over me and I'm just like, that's it. There's a song being made. There's a track being made. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where I'm like, I'm trying really hard cuz I really like this beat but it's not <laughs> working. And like I hate that so yeah, much yeah, yeah, for me yeah. but like I just have to trust that 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 inspiration will strike again and it does. Like I used to write a lot of music pre-pandemic. I used to write a lot of um lyrics and and write to a lot of beats on my way to work, like on my commute and on my way home. So I just be on the train just fucking getting it in train
0: time is so valuable oh my
1: god like dare I say I missed it like (laughs) yeah like oh my gosh but like it. it, it, it was just like the perfect the perfect like zone for me to get in um because I feel like now when I'm in my studio and I'm like good that's a good beat time to write like it's way too like I have to have some more fluidity in order for that stuff to be to be able to express myself in words um so usually it'll be like i'll have a group i'll have i have many mad beats i have so many beats and sometimes i'll be like all right let's just shuffle this shit and see if anything comes out um and then other times like i was saying i'll just be like this feels right yeah this feels good and then there's that's there's the scenario where like I'll and this is when I'm feeling like I'm 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 oozing emotions and I need to let it out somewhere and I don't even need a beat I'm just going off and I'm writing and then I'll build the beat or build the song around the lyrics and that doesn't happen often but when it does it's that that's some of the best music i make I that's would say. awesome
0: yeah and it sounds like it's not very forced it's just like yeah. it's like you're kind of going that's so cool for like our tech nerds what what is your setup look like like sure. what's what's working there for you right so now? i i have a pretty uh lean
1: like set up you see you see our setup <laughs> you know it's bushwig <laughs> <It's Bushwick. laughs> um so i basically use a um a beat machine called machine for those that are familiar mm. and it is really cool um it has it gives me the ability to like like um make like i'm, I'm a drums girl i make a lot of like Starting drums heavy there. stuff yeah mm-hmm. exactly so i like to start with the drums and then i also have this um uh, 49 key MIDI keyboard as well and I actually had got that first um and and I think that's really great for like playing melodies and I don't I don't say I play the piano but like but you can fuck around yeah I can fuck around with the piano and that's usually where I feel like the melodies kind of come more naturally and then when I'm adding in little sounds or adding drums that's where I'll go um to my um machine um but that's that's my my primary setup and then I use the machine's um Software to usually make my beats, and then when I'm recording, I use something called Bitwig, which is basically um, a a cheaper version of Ableton, which a lot of people I know are familiar with. Um,
0: Same, same kind of setup. Though same
1: setup. It's actually made by people, um, made by people who used to work at Ableton. So they were very, very very similar.
0: Branching Um, off exactly. And
1: I and I learned on Ableton. Like the first beats I made were on Ableton, so that was kind of like. Easy transition. easy transition for me mm-hmm. um but yeah a couple speakers this audio interface a mic <laughs> and i get it done that's like, awesome that's all that's all yeah I,
0: need. I, I feel like we've i've definitely considered like getting more quote-unquote uh, podcast mics or mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't know. I kind of like the like more chill sitting having a conversation yeah. vibe than like sitting at a table with the big, I don't know, oh the yeah, big, like spit blockers and all that kind of stuff, all mic'd up and <laughs> hardwired up and everything. Um, maybe you know, at some point it's a goal. We'll see. Um, I guess, sort of speaking of goals, I goal the goal section of my questionnaire is always like one of my favorites because I feel like people are. I feel like people are pretty ab- able to be honest right now. And like also, um, uh, realistic, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, and I really just loved the vision for your goals and I'm actually just going to read them out so our audience can hear if that's okay with that's, you. That's perfect. Um, goal number one would be to build a catalog of music that celebrates and embraces the power of my voice as a queer black woman, which is amazing um pursue beat licensing sync opportunities for television film and advertising and write and produce songs for major artists mainly rap hip-hop hot, hip-hop r&b and neo-soul awesome so yeah. so speak to that first goal building a catalog i guess i sort of think of like music as you know mostly being released now as singles or albums what does you what what for you is the difference in this like building a catalog like um, kind of like
1: a sorry no it's okay um kind of like just when i look back at my at my body of work mm. like all inclusive of everything that i've made from the first song i recorded on soundcloud please don't go there <laughs> and like to the stuff oh, shit, we're gonna link that in bio <laughs> hey <laughs> And it's over. This interview's now <laughs> terminated. Um, <laughs> um, like just being able to really be proud of that yeah. music that like when, when I look back and, and I listen to the songs that I've made, um, that I've produced and I've also like recorded myself, like, I wanna be proud of that. Yeah. I wanna I wanna be able to show that to like my friends and my family and 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 then be proud of that. And I want it to stand for what I stand for, right. which is like being free and who you are. Representative like, of you. Yes. Representative yeah. of you, even, even if it's not perfect, representative of you, whatever that looked like on Tuesday, whatever that looks like in two years, like representative of that and kind of like what we were speaking about, like a time capsule, mm, like mm-hmm. of just like going back and being able to be like, yeah, like. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of how I represented myself. And that's probably, I think I wrote that first because I think that's my biggest, like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be great to make money off of music, i.e. the syncing. You know, it'd be great to work with big, big artists. But like, I want to be proud of the shit I make.
0: That's so huge. I know we talked about that a little bit on Tahir's episode, just being able to like, yeah, like you said, a time capsule and also just say, like in a year from now, being able to look back and be like, wow, we were succeeding at that moment, Mm -hmm. whether it felt like it or not, whether you were grappling with these questions of like what the future, you know, I'm, I'm grappling with those for, for AP and all those sort of things. Like what the, what does the future hold? Where does the money come from? How do we, you know, move these processes forward, um, get them to a bigger audience, get, um, you know, uh, work with, with people we respect and admire. And, um, I think that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, when it comes to like the syncing and, and, um, for television film and whatnot, um, are you like actively pursuing that right now or is it more like a head goal? <laughs> I, I would say
1: both. Like I've had, I've had, um, opportunities to work on 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 this like less in the sync the way people think about it like i submit my tracks and Mm -hmm. they get used for you know different types of content and more like bespoke projects that i've worked on with people Mm -hmm. for like youtube content creators um podcasts even i have i've worked on three different podcasts providing like musical um production also did some audio editing which (laughs)
0: Whew. <laughs> yeah, we bow down to Artie. We, do, we really do. Go! Shout out Artie.
1: <laughs> um, but like, I like, like I, I've even worked with like nonprofits on like you know a fundraising like video and and things like that. And so, so kind of um, getting scoring, scoring your chops stops. Up yeah, on that. yeah. 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 Like I kind of like wanted to like dip my toe in to see if it's something that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. Yeah. it is something I like, and I think that I. I feel like I still need to learn about what the next steps would be to do that on a larger scale.
0: Yeah, but your music lends itself to it. Like, Mm. your your beats are are great for that i think as well like like um like you said that kind of like drum heavy vibe that you Mm -hmm. go for i feel like that blends in really well with a lot of uh, media which is awesome uh you know since we're big in manifesting around here what are some artists that you would want to work with (laughs) like maybe new york based or or you know who else whoever Oh, oh man i have
1: um i i love so many people um and the people that I'm thinking of right now are actually like not huge artists. Like there, there's this artist who I met doing, um, a show this past summer. Um, and her name is just muse and Mm. she is amazing. Awesome. And we've, we've connected and we just got to follow up, but I need to work with her. Like, and I think, I think that's fun. Both of us would be really like, I think our vibes would really like, just create something really beautiful. Mm -hmm.
0: Jess Muse is a vocalist and composer based in Queens. She's been performing over eight years and has been releasing her own music since 2018. She calls her style a fusion of genres, mixing electronic, R&B, and soul. She is currently working on a new EP.
1: I think collabs with other producers are underrated and so cool and I think a North Star oh, North, North Star in nice. my head like I love Kate Trinata I'm, yeah. I think I mentioned Kate Trinata already like yeah. I love Kate Trinata. like and he doesn't do that a lot but maybe he'll do it for me one day hey, and we'll we're, we're putting it out there we're putting it out there into the universe <laughs> exactly um, and then I will say manifesting as well like I really 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 would love one day to work with Ari Lennox like I can see that lending itself really well like her producer Ali I know she has somebody she works with hello but like (laughs) let me get in there (laughs) like I love what he does and I think I'm, I'm very much inspired by the music that they make together and I think that That would be someone who I'd love to
0: work with. That would be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to look back in like five years and be like, oh, shit. Fuck yeah, let's do it. (laughs) It happened. It happened. (laughs) So I know like I felt that we immediately clicked when we got to talking. I, I hear kind of from your past that you've been able to like maintain these really close connections with, you know, different groups or people from different places in your life. And I... No, when we first met we were both kind of grappling with a question that had been talked about on the panel which was how do you choose who to work with how mm-hmm. do you choose like specifically for me who to interview or who to host and the parties and I I basically said like straight vibes
2: <laughs> yeah for sure straight, straight
0: vibes like coming out of the pandemic and I know I said this earlier like people are more I think generally more willing to traverse difficult conversations and those are my people. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're over the bullshit, like, great. Like, so how has it been for you? I know you were saying a little bit earlier, kind of getting out there, networking more. How have you found artists to collaborate with and and who have you enjoyed collaborating with?
1: I would say, yeah, I'm a vibes girl. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a chill person. I like to say I could get along with a lot of different kinds of people, but then there are people who I click with. And mm. that's something that, like, I really trust because, like, I'm, like... People that know me know that like I can be like a little reserved or a little shy, but like once I feel comfortable, like you get me. Yeah, you're, you're getting me. You yeah. know what I mean? Um That's so and, valuable. And that's just how I've that's how I've always been. And so when I feel that with somebody, that's like that's a sign to me that we can we can probably work well together. And Primarily, that's been through like just going to different shows, going to different open mics. Like, I met somebody at a concert and we realized we do music together. Awesome. Um, but I met somebody at an open mic series called That's My Friend, and uh,
0: I love that name, <laughs> it's great, it's perfect, it's so cool. And a, they're like, Oh, that's my friend, <laughs> yeah, they're in the performance, they're like, That's my friend. <laughs> That's My Friend, spelled D-A-T-S, My Friend, is an open mic event created by Lee. She had experience creating events with a couple of friends for a few years, but found herself losing momentum and motivation in 2019. She decided to create That's My Friend as a space where everyone, but especially black queer folks, could feel welcome. She said, quote, everywhere in the world, we have to have our defenses up. So I wanted to create a space where you can just leave it all at the door and relax. If I could, I'd love to provide peace of mind for black and brown queer folks, unquote. She wants it to be a practice space. Some open mics are intimidating and make people hold themselves back for fear of embarrassing themselves. So she wants it to be really encouraging. Even if you only know half of your song, you should be able to practice it in front of people. She wants to help performers find comfort in being uncomfortable in front of a crowd. That's my friend has been on hiatus, but she's talking to a new venue and hoping to have an open mic later this fall. You can follow at That's My Friend on IG to stay up to date. So it's
1: a really cool environment, and it's one of like the frequent the shows that I go to often. And mm-hmm. so like there's a community that starts to build there, and I feel like. That is one of the things that helps me to be like, OK, we can we can collaborate, being able to like check in with you on a repeated basis or like see you on a repeated basis, see you grow, see you grow as a performer. Yeah. um, And then you watching me do the same thing. And so it feels like we're at a we're in an alignment or at a level playing field where we're like we are we're seeing that in each other talk about um, great
0: accountability too. Mm-hmm. like to be like oh i already showed that song i need to like be progressing yes. on it or you know whatever if like that con that weekly or monthly context mm-hmm. is so awesome
1: exactly like um one example i'm thinking of right now is that's my friend i met a rapper his name is omari he goes by mari the rapper mm. on instagram mm-hmm. but <laughs> <Shout out. laughs> we've been working together quite a bit like just kind of like I'll have a few beats, like he'll, he'll send me some, I'll send him some beats and like he'll, he'll, he's hopped on a few and I've had him over at the studio like at my place too. And that's one of those relationships where I feel like came really organically. Like we both really respected each other's like artistry. Yeah. And so that allowed us to get into the studio together. And I haven't let anybody in my studio in a really long time, especially since the pandemic. Yeah. So I was a little nervous about it, but it was beautiful. Like the way we were able to make music together is beautiful. And I look forward to continuing to work with him. Um, but like I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, all right, yeah. That's a good thing to trust, like someone's soul, someone's vision. Right. And if you align with that, like even if you can't make something today, like continuing to like nurture that relationship and support, you know, Mm -hmm. like being able to support them, I think is how I see building community.
0: A hundred percent. I feel like being able to invest in another person and see that investment reciprocated, Mm -hmm. whether it's through time or even just showing up. I know we talked a lot. So each season of the podcast has had kind of its own like thesis question. The first season was, uh, what does joy look like in a community setting going forward? Second season was, What methods of community support inspire you and a lot of it was just showing up right like just being there for one another whether that's you know by buying a ten dollar ticket or you know showing up to a free event and being like a body there representing like support for this Mm -hmm. person so i want to go back a little bit i'm getting ahead of myself but i wanted to hear a little bit about your upcoming ep miss
1: tell the people <laughs> so mist is actually the project i've released before oh i'm sorry and no no that's okay mist i love mist <laughs> it was my first oh, oh, throwback but it was like my first project i actually dived into and i produced most of the tracks on that and back on that now i'm like oh my god girl like like, you should have did this and you should have did this. Like, it's very critical. But, like, as of course. as a time in my life, like, that was beautiful. I was just, like, creating uninhibited. But <laughs> upcoming, upcoming. <laughs> I'm working on an EP, which I've been a little nervous to kind of do in the sense of, like, throwing myself into a project. Again, I've been very much, like, releasing singles or working with people on their singles, which I think is, like, kind of, you know, the trend that music has kind of, I think, like made its way to it's like more singles dropping videos singles. exactly yeah, yeah exactly and staying
0: f- hot all the time <laughs> listen hot
1: sweating um but I've gotten to a place where I'm like I'm just trying to put something together like yeah I don't even know how to explain what that feeling was but I'm like I want to do a project and I kind of approached it by looking at like all right what do I have in the vault like what can I kind of tease out which is not how I approached my first project at all but it's been a really great process so far like i would say it's been a really healing process Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of the times when the songs i put out are the songs that i'm like that sounds good like the skill wise and technical wise like this is good production this is good lyrics like this can hang out there but the stuff that i feel i feel like i'm a little more like hesitant to put that out keeping it close to the chest exactly Mm -hmm. like there'll be like i was just saying there are times where i just have to like get this emotion out of me and then i'll like make the song and then i'll put it away and so going back to some of those songs is like it's hard but i think it's really good yeah and i think it's been really really helpful with just like addressing some of the pain and some of the introspective thoughts that share with just my music and my partner and i think that i'm nervous to put that out there but i'm also excited because i feel like there's some really good music on this i think i want it to be i'm trying to get it down to like five tracks okay (laughs) um but i basically have most of the tracks that i just need to like get it nice and crisp i don't have a name for it yet but just know that it's like the inner part of me like it's just like the part that a lot of people don't get to see and like i'm just exploring that part and i think that's going to be really really cool
0: definitely i mean i heard you being kind of critical of your 2019 you know release and obviously we look back and we go ugh, you know yeah, we can change course. things or whatever what was like what were some of the learning curves that you took into this new process because mm-hmm. you said it formed pretty differently absolutely i would say like
1: i am able to kind of like think of it more holistically like versus like song 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 like think of this whole actually actual body of work a little more holistically and think about like what I admire about the albums I really love which is like them just being able to listen to it with no skips like just being able to flow through it because it's just put together so well like that's really what I'm hoping for and I think that that comes with experience and time and that's something I think that that people will see from my first project or even from the music that i've been putting out since then i think that's something that people will see and then in terms of just like the learning curve i feel like being able to maybe it's not a learning thing but just like more of like a chill out thing like Mm. i get so hung up on how my voice sounds Ah. in the mic and so i'm just like (laughs) being able
0: to like release that a little yeah exactly
1: like it don't have to sound perfect It just gotta sound like you Yeah. And I think that's something that I'm trying to just like just be, you know, like just be let it out. Don't it don't got to be perfect. And I think that's something I have to continue to just like remind myself of as I'm making this project, because I feel really
0: confident in like in what I have. So I just got to let it be. That's such I mean, I feel like that's like a perfect analysis, too, for like the last three years is just like being kind and being okay with just being you Mm -hmm. and just not having to have any of these additives like in your work or your life (laughs) you know just like taking it simple slowing down well we're really excited to hear that i'm excited um one last question about that is it like so i hear you saying having this holistic drive throughout does that mean it's one storyline or one you don't have to reveal (laughs) no no, no. i i think this is great because i've been trying to figure this out myself
1: so we'll all figure it out together yes Yes. like yes i think that the unintentionally the songs are telling this story that i even know it was telling that's
0: fucking dumb. so i'm excited
1: (laughs) about that and i'm like i didn't even know how this will come out right um and so just kind of realizing that as i'm going i'm like all right let's lean into that and i feel like it's telling the story of just like something that i'm pretty private about like my love life Mm. and like relationships. Yeah. Um, and I've been in a beautiful, beautiful relationship for like the past five plus years, um, which has been amazing.
0: Y'all are great by the way. Like, um, uh, you and your partner holding down that one corner at empire state music and art festival. When we did the apartment party with them, like just holding it down, just being like so lovely light and giving love to all the artists was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I'm,
1: able to i think talk about a lot of things in this project that i don't talk about with a lot of people and i think it's good to have those outlets yeah it's good to have that outlet and it's good to like kind of just give myself permission to do that i don't know what it is about me that i'm like no one can know about all these things i'm going through like the one of the ways that i get through that is by like the music that i make and i think that like it can help somebody else get through some 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 of the things that i've been through um in terms of just like like love and and not just even loving somebody else like loving, loving yourself, yourself for sure huge
0: yeah. i mean it's huge i mean I, I feel like it's a conversation that's come up a lot you know i'm i'm 32 and i definitely feel some like behind in some ways quote unquote which is fucking like it's so, crazy it's so crazy because i'm like there is literally no path we are all just like running mm-hmm. <laughs> And just having to be okay with that like sense of like, where are you? Yeah. Um, Which, you know, loving yourself has been a really big theme for myself as well. So happy to hear that there's going to be a project out about it. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. Um, I was so happy when we first started talking and just like hearing your music and also just you have like a really, you have a really good thing going. Like, I just want to say that from an outside perspective. And I know like my opinion means (laughs) nothing, but like, you have a really good thing going. So I just, thank you so much for being here. And, uh, I have one more question, which is our thesis question. It's a little bit dense, so (laughs) let's like take our time with it. But a lot of things that have come up and like, I know we've even already touched on this is like money. Where is the money? Mm. And so when I was looking into this next season, or I was thinking a lot about why there are no external ways that artists are being helped in a consistent way? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there are grants and things like this, but blah, blah blah blah. So. I, I started thinking like big picture stuff. And I, you know, this is something that I'm really passionate about and getting money into artists' hands and, and relieving some of that financial burden off of them has been something I've been feeling really passionate about. And I don't know what the right answer is at all. But um, my question is, uh, and the thesis for this season is, if true governmental or societal shifts could be made to how the world views art and artists, what would that look like to you? that's a good ass question (laughs) damn thank you
1: (laughs) wow hmm i mean i can't the first thing that comes up for me is like there's this uh, we're so obsessed with like like human capital like Mm -hmm. what can you your your body and your mind do for me And and we put a price on that so much. And that's just how we operate. It's how we make money. It's how we have to pay for where we live and how you have to pay for 40 hours a week. Literally, you know, most of our lives. You know, Um, and I think that if we can shift away from that thinking into like, like putting value on on other things that are not just like, what can you do for me? I think that would help artists like, like
0: experiences, like putting yeah. more value on experiences, putting more
1: value on experiences, like going to a show and seeing somebody pour their heart out. Yeah. Like what is that? What, if you had to put a number on it, like, mm-hmm. like I'm not sure everybody would have the same number, but like, I think that would help compensate an artist Yeah, or like, like this body of work that I'm putting out, like, don't look at it as like how many hours did I put into this or or like, like how many years of experience do did I have? You know, like what if we looked at it as like this person poured their fucking heart out, like mm-hmm. and I felt that, like let me let me yeah. let me support. They put that. their life into it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. I think that maybe that mental shift of like, like transaction, like that mental shift from transaction to like to like actual just support. I think could be could be really powerful like Mm -hmm. I mean that's something I struggle with like like I mean it can't help like I can't scroll on social media without seeing somebody like give their two cents about how you have to monetize like whatever you're doing and I think that's so so tough like so
0: hard man it's so hard I don't wanna exactly (laughs) but but, like I need to live (laughs) exactly
1: exactly exactly and and it's it's the tough reality of the world we live in. And I think that if I had a my way and I saw somebody even like, it doesn't matter how many streams they have, or it doesn't matter how many fucking t-shirts they sold. Like, I don't care. Like if I feel connected to you, I want to support that. Like, and I, and I, and I do feel that in certain ways. Like, I feel like, you know, like the, the kids that are on the train, doing these crazy fucking pole yeah. work. Yeah. I'm like, They're I need to give you some, you know, like yeah. whatever <laughs> that thing is. Like I, I feel like, you know, there's obviously a whole, a whole, a whole different capitalist angle to that, but like the feeling of like, wow, that was amazing. And I just saw you express yourself in a way that like, I couldn't even think of. Like, I love that. I like, love that And too. I feel I mean- like just being able to
0: value that, like, it would be great and I feel like with if we could remove the onus from the individual and like put it more on systems mm-hmm. um, to help kind of facilitate I mean like I, you know I was talking about this with a friend and it's like you know peop, artists used to be sponsored you'd have a, a like a monarchy would sponsor artists like fuck monarchies but like there's a lot of amazing art and and quote unquote culture that came out of of you know people being sponsored to mm-hmm. create, and I just don't see like you know there's there's some there's some there's money yeah, and how do we get it in our friends' hands? So this is what I'm putting out here. I'm also manifesting this: how we get our money, our money. Um, yes. how we get this bag? <laughs> how we get
1: the cheese?
0: Um. <laughs> well thank you so much for being here um please take this time to plug anything we'll put all your socials in our in our links um in our bio but um if there's anything upcoming you want our audiences to know this will sorry i'm just gonna for us this will come out you can just cut this part (laughs) this will come out october 23rd perfect so, any plugs anything that you want our audience um, to know about
1: i will say first of all i really enjoy this conversation me too. and thank all of you for having me um to plug myself a little bit yes. um you can find you can follow my journey on instagram that's where i primarily um give my updates my instagram is i dot am dot m a a t I dot, am, dot my aunt. and I also have a page where I post beats um vibes i'm feeling and that one is beats by my aunt. so or beats dot, dot, And
0: we'll have those um, in our bio for all our, all our audiences
1: Thank you and yeah like we talked about today I'll be working on a project that yeah! I'm hoping to I don't have a release date yet um but before the end you of the year have, you want an apartment party too yes. oh. <laughs> manifesting manifesting it's gonna happen it's
0: gonna happen <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> um well thank you so much for being here is there anything else sorry i interrupted no no that's that's
1: all that's all i got going on um Sweet. if we fuck with the vibe tap in we fuck we fuck
0: <laughs> we'll be on the lookout for that release and um thank you so much for being here
1: thank you miller
0: yeah appreciate it ap studio files ap studio files can be found on all streaming platforms follow us on instagram and tiktok at ap studio bk please follow us on patreon to check out our mini episodes featuring our talented technical producer artie kapishki message us for info regarding how to attend our monthly apartment party we will be back in november AP Studio Files is hosted by Miller Pike with technical production by Artie Kapishki, photography by Tucker W. Mitchell, and research by H. Conley with music by Fab the Duo.